0: Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. In a recent benefit survey, of respondents said that benefits were important to their overall happiness on the job. In today's world, that means offering benefits that go beyond health insurance. Those that work in the group market know that employers are always looking for interesting and useful supplementary benefits to attract the best and brightest employees. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, I'm joined by Heidi Sirota and Andy Gravitt from Nationwide along with Adam Sheehan from AccuRisk Solutions to discuss how to best leverage employee benefits portfolios to optimize employee retention. So thank you all for being on the podcast this week. Before we get into the conversation, would you mind introducing yourselves and telling our listeners a little bit more about what you do and the companies you work for?
1: I'm Heidi Sirota. I'm the Chief Pet Officer and President of Nationwide's Pet Insurance Business. We are the number one pet insurer in the U.S. We insure about 1.2 million pets. And in fact, we invented pet insurance here in the States when we insured
2: Lassie. I'm Adam Sheehan. I'm the vice president of sales at Acura Solutions. We are one of the largest managing general underwriters in the country. We focus on both medical stop loss and supplemental health benefits and very excited to be here today.
3: Awesome. And I'm bringing up the rear here. I'm Andy Gravett. I have the honor of leading our consultant relations team here at Nationwide Retirement Solutions. My team is responsible for coming alongside financial professionals to help them with their book of business, whether it's maintaining or growing that book of business. We provide support for our plan sponsors and consultants on plan design, industry best practices, and measurable participant outcomes, just to name a few things. But I have the wonderful honor of being in the industry for 18 years and don't mind sharing that I started in the wonderful state of Alaska, working directly with participants of all places. So glad to be here and thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being on. So Adam, let's start by talking about voluntary benefits broadly. How can offering comprehensive voluntary benefits help to leverage broker portfolios?
2: It's a good question. I think it's it's very important. You know, in today's market, the health plan can't solve every issue for employers and their employees. They've seen a shift over the last couple of years where you've got a very diverse workforce. You've got folks who have different needs and who have different expectations. And you know, with the cost of of healthcare, with the overall size of deductibles today, that one single health plan isn't going to solve the problem. So it's important to have. A variety of supplemental solutions that can appeal to the employer's employee base, you know, their different needs, their different desires. And it, it also helps for those folks that ultimately waive the medical plan. It gives them the ability to also feel like the employer is taking care of them, providing some value, you know, solving some of their needs as well. So it's extremely important to have a well-rounded product portfolio. And that's going to include a, a variety of voluntary benefits.
0: So Regarding supplementary benefits and their role in the ever-changing market, what are some of the changes happening in the market now? And how would you say that these changes are affecting the business?
2: I think we've seen just, again, overall cost, not just in terms of premiums, but in terms of deductibles, You know those continue to rise and it's outpacing income. And so employers are looking for ways to kind of offset that. And, you know, we've seen we've seen a push for more transparency in terms of data. You know, what what do these supplemental plans cover you know, what do they pay for? And, um, and as an employer, am I getting the value from that plan you know, as, as it relates to the premium that's going into it? So we've seen more of a shift to you know better understanding of, of what that plan does. And I think that's causing insurers and people that provide these products to look at how those benefits get paid out. Maybe make that claims process a little bit easier, make it broader coverage to appeal to you know, a broader employee base, and just overall provide more transparency in terms of what that plan is is covering and how those claims are going to get paid.
3: Maybe I'll add on here, And in 2020 Workplace Wellness Study completed by Ebre, found that seven out of 10 employees need their employer's help to feel healthy and financially secure. And for those of you who don't know who Ebre is, they are the Employees Benefits Research Institute, and they do a lot of work in this space. And what that means that is, employees are really looking and expecting employers to help them with these needs. And it's you know, our shared job to really kind of step up to the plate. And that means more than just salary and paid time off, as it may have meant in the past. It's all about that total benefits package that that company offers. And that includes physical health, mental health. Wealth, which is where retirement plan really plays a key part, and the intersection of all these three things. Offering a retirement plan with features like employer match, automatic increases that encourage that participant or employee to save, financial wellness tools, education can help that employee make um, those hard-earned dollars work much harder for them and move them towards retirement readiness. Another way to really think about it, if you think about just plan design and retirement plans, and there's a multitude of different ways to design a retirement plan, but if you think about including investment solutions that might help that employee thoughtfully spend down their retirement savings so that they don't run out of money, that's a real fear of a lot of employees out there. Things like protected income solutions that provide pension-like benefits. When participants are getting ready to retire, they can provide that lifetime income uh, that starts at retirement age is important and, and something that employers should consider. Participants need help in this space, and they're really looking for employers to provide that answer. Nationwide offers a number of income solutions that help participants secure guaranteed income while still giving opportunity for those assets to continue to work hard in retirement and through the retirement journey.
0: Between all these different benefits that you guys are talking about, these very comprehensive benefits clearly help employees in their growth. Would you also agree that all these benefits can help grow a business and retain employees?
3: Absolutely. You know, we said it already, employees are looking to their employers for answers to help them feel that healthy and financially secure. Secure 2.0, which was recent retirement legislation that was passed late last year, is making retirement plans even more accessible for employers and employees. And we're starting to see a lot of interest in retirement plans as a result of that. Um, One of the neat things that was passed as part of Secure is around student loans. And personally, as somebody that's recently paid off student loans, This would have been a really important feature for myself, but now employers can allow employees uh, to receive an employer match for student loan payments that they may be making on their end. And this could be a very attractive tool to use to attract not only young employees, but also more seasoned employees that may have taken out that loan for a loved one. Needless to say, we think that retirement plans are incredibly important and they are a key tool in helping to recruit increase productivity, uh, loyalty, and, and retention to an organization. And most employers would, would agree. In a 2022 retirement market report uh, provided by Cerule, 76% believe that a robust retirement benefit offering is an effective way to recruit and retain talent.
1: I can add to that from pet insurance perspective. Pet insurance is a fairly New in the scheme of things, employee benefit, but one that's got a lot of demand and is a really great tool for attracting and retaining talent. You know, about 5% of companies today offer pet insurance as a voluntary benefit, but about 40% of US workers say that it's important to them. It's really one of the most requested voluntary benefits available today. You know, employees are placing so much more emphasis on pets as part of their family. Something like 90% of people who own pets view their pet as a full-fledged member of their family, and they expect that their employer is going to cover the whole family when they go to work. And two really compelling statistics for me, about half of millennials and Gen Zs said that pet-related benefits would influence them to stay at their current employer or to find one that does offer those benefits. And also, employees in pet-friendly companies said that they would turn down a job with similar pay 65% more often than employees of non-pet-friendly companies. And pet-friendly can be uh, any range of things, including simply offering pet insurance as a voluntary benefit.
2: I think it's really important to talk about that recruitment and retention piece. So, So just looking at the U.S. labor market today, there's almost twice as many open jobs as there are unemployed workers. So, you know, from an employer perspective, how do you make your company attractive to really your most valuable asset to, to the people, right? And to, to be able to recruit the right people to drive your business forward, to be able to hang on to those folks that are that are currently helping you do that. You can't do it. We've all we've all talked about it already. You can't just do it with, you know, base pay, right? It's got to be a full, well-rounded suite of, of benefits that you offer. Maybe it's that flexibility to, you know, work remotely when necessary. Certainly the the health plan is is a big expenditure for an employer and that's got to be dialed in correctly, but it's all of the supplemental stuff. It's, you know, if you have uh, an older population that may be worried about, you know, elderly parents that need to be taken care of, what are you doing in that scenario? You know, what are you doing for the younger parents who have kids that may miss a day of, of school because they're sick? How do you take care of them? You know, what are you doing for folks that take the high deductible health plan? And maybe they can't necessarily afford to pay a $5,000 deductible, but they can only afford to pay so much on the health premium. So you, you've got to really have a strong overall benefit package. And I think that's where really in the last several years, supplemental health benefits have come into play to really address some of those higher deductible plans. You know What, what folks who decide not to take you know, the standard health plan or the low deductible health plan, what are they going to do in the event that they have a serious accident where they can't come out of pocket for that $5,000 charge. So I think that supplemental suite of products to be able to address some of those concerns has become increasingly important.
0: Absolutely. You just mentioned quite a few types of financial burdens that folks are experiencing across the country. So how specifically has Nationwide or AccuRisk helped with their benefit offerings?
2: So that's a great question. So you know, just looking at some of the statistics, since 1995, health deductibles are up almost 800 percent, health premiums are up over 300 percent, and income's only up around 20 percent. So, you know, that's not a sustainable model. And so, you know, what AcuRisk and Nationwide have have done in our partnership is try to build supplemental plans that can address that, that change, right? That The costs continue to go up and income's not keeping up. So, how do we help that? So, we've got a variety of products, whether they be employer-paid products that ultimately reimburse providers directly on the employee's behalf, you know, as they have regular day-to-day medical events come up, as something serious comes up. So we've got plans that do that. You know, just looking at unplanned and unexpected things that happen, you know, 60% of Americans today don't have $1,000 to pay for something that, that is unplanned or unexpected. So we've worked with Nationwide closely over the last year or so to develop a product that puts cash back into employees' pockets within 72 hours so that they don't have to feel that burden of an unexpected or or unplanned medical event. And and so just really focusing on those those supplemental products that are either gonna pay directly to the provider or pay that employee to take care of some of that that hassle and some of the burden of these large, large medical bills that are coming in. I can add the ability to pay
1: for veterinary care. you know, pet insurance lets you say yes to the vet, basically. There's a there's always been a problem with what's called economic euthanasia, where people have to make a terrible choice between what's in their wallet and being able to give their pet the care it needs. And when you have something like pet insurance, it really removes that barrier. Many pet insurance policies pay 90% of the cost of care after a, a fairly reasonable deductible. Some include wellness. And you can walk into the vet and feel confident that you can follow through on the vet's recommendations and give your pet the care it needs. And that's a huge burden off of pet parents. When they are put in a position to have to make that decision, there's a real mental health impact of making the decision to have to put your pet down or, you know, relinquish your pet to, you know, somebody else or give it up for adoption or, or what have you. Pet insurance can really help allay that for people, help them budget to bring pets into their lives. Pets, by the way, are good for people from a health perspective, about $23 billion a year in medical cost avoidance due to people who have regular pet interactions, right? So it brings down... Um, their heart rates, it brings down their stress level, it gets them out walking, and a whole bunch of other benefits. A study was just published today by HAVRI, the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, and you can look on their website, HAVRI.org, for that report that details some of these healthcare savings. So offering this kind of benefit helps people bring pets into their lives, which is good for people, not just pets, brings down medical costs for the employer, um, helps keep Pet alive and healthy and doing great things for us. And, you know, owning a pet is not an inexpensive proposition. A dog owner can expect to spend over the course of the life of a dog, maybe up to $50,000 between all of the medical care, the food, the leashes and bowls, and anything else you do with that pet. Pretty expensive proposition. So, giving folks a way to pay for a big portion of that cost is really valuable.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about pet insurance. I don't have a pet, unfortunately, but regular listeners of the podcast will know that our Senior Vice President of Government Affairs, Marcy Buckner, has a very good dog named Harrison, who is basically her son. And it was his birthday last week. So happy birthday, Harrison. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you talked a bit about the demand by employees for pet insurance. But why do you think pet insurance is becoming a more popular offering as a voluntary benefit?
1: I think it really revolves around this idea that there is a humanization of pets. I think I said earlier that 70% of families have at least one pet in their lives, and about 90% of them view that pet as a full-fledged member of the family. These pets today, they are not living in backyards and dog houses. They're sleeping in beds. Sometimes they let you in the bed with them. (laughs) They have, you know, wardrobes. They're eating premium, often human-grade foods. You know, pets are a major factor today in home sales, apartment leases, and hotel choices, in vacation destinations. A few stats about home sales about, and apartment leases. About 43% of people would be willing to move to accommodate their pets. And in fact, 18% have already moved solely for their animal's benefit. And it goes even beyond that. Restaurants and bars. Are offering dog meals. Yelp searches for dog-friendly restaurants jumped over almost sixty percent in the last two years, and people are even resorting to things like private flights to get their their pets from one place to the other at a cost of three thousand or five thousand or ten thousand dollars because they can't bring them on commercial planes in the in the cabin with them. It's a really compelling time for employers to consider how they include pets. Uh, in the benefit mix for their employees, because their employees, particularly younger employees, view their pets as regular family members. In fact, younger people are viewing their pets as starter children, and maybe they're forever children. It may be that they don't have children, and you know the only grand kids I'm going to get are grand fur babies, which is fine, too. That's how important pets are in the lives of our employees. And so employers who can respond to that and think about the whole family, including for family members, when they're designing benefits are really winning the war for talent.
0: You also mentioned some of the positive impacts of pet ownership a little earlier. Are there any other positive impacts of this quote unquote pet effect?
1: Absolutely. So I think I mentioned earlier that there's about a $23 billion a year savings in medical costs among people who have pet interactions or have pets in their lives. There, about three quarters of doctors have said that they would prescribe a pet to improve overall health if they could. That's a pretty big statement, right? So, you know, unfortunately you can't walk into your local CVS and pick up a pet. It would be fantastic if you could. Doctors would recommend that. (laughs) So we might need to start thinking about a, a, a pharmacy for pets. Anyway, there's all kinds of studies around improvements that humans see from pet interactions.
0: One day supply of puppies, please. Thank you. <laughs> so obviously, I can see the benefits of pet insurance for individuals who own pets, but what are the benefits of pet insurance to the employer?
1: So as an employer, making it easy to have and care for a pet is a massive opportunity to rein in healthcare costs for your workforce, which, by the way, employers pay the lion's share for. And it's also important to attract and engage and retain employees at a much higher rate. Pet benefits could include anything from pets in the workplace, which is really the ideal, but also things like paternity leave and bereavement time off. Recently, Nationwide um, led a survey together with the Human Animal Bond Research Institute. It's HABRI for short. HABRI.org is their website. That showed that when you're a pet inclusive employer, such as by offering pet insurance, About 85% of employees report that their company has great benefits. Um, 81% said that they plan to stay at least the next 12 months. 76% characterize themselves as fully engaged in their work. And 71% said they would recommend their employer to others. And I already mentioned earlier that about half of Gen Z's and millennials said that pet related benefits would influence them to stay at their current employer Or find one who does. And um, people in pet-friendly companies would turn down a job a lot more often for similar pay than employees in not pet-friendly companies. So it's a really great way to both see reductions in your healthcare spending and improvements in the health of your employees, as well as drive that engagement among your employees in their work and in their employer. And be able to recommend that employer wholeheartedly to people to join the company as well.
0: So let's move to another more traditional benefit, retirement. So Andy, you were talking a little bit about retirement plans earlier. It seems like every week we see a new story about how folks are not saving enough for retirement. So would you say that nationwide retirement plans could help this issue?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Before I launch into that, I just want to say, you know, I had an opportunity to spend some time with Heidi at a recent pet event. And I was just teasing her during that event that she gets to talk about all the fun terminology, like Paul Trinity, and we get things like, you know, income solutions, which, which isn't as exciting. But to your question, absolutely. And let me maybe share something that I found really interesting that I read recently. We do a lot of research here at, at Nationwide. And one of the most recent research is around our economic impact survey from last year. And the data is a little bit staggering, but four in 10 employees would rate their personal finances positively. That's down eight points from September. And if you look even higher at the U.S. economy overall, consumers are even more pessimistic about the space. Only 16% would give the U.S. economy a good or excellent rating today. That's also down eight points from the fall. My point is that as, as a good record keeper, it's our shared job to educate participants on the importance of saving, not only now, but also in the future, and offering tools that help participants with planning, resources, and helping them take that next best step for retirement readiness is incredibly important. Let me explain what the next best step is, because it's really, really quite simple. For a participant that isn't enrolled in a retirement plan, that next best step for them is enrolling. And if they are already enrolled, that would mean saving more for retirement And lastly, if they're already doing both of those things, they may want to think about diversifying their investment options to ensure that they're able to weather that proverbial storm, that market volatility that I'm sure some of you all are feeling today within your own retirement plans. From a consultant or financial professional perspective, they can leverage the resources that are provided by the record keeper in order to support the offerings that they might offer themselves to participants and plan sponsors. The other way that's incredibly important is they can partner with folks like myself and my team at the consultant relations team here. Other record keepers have consultant relations teams as well that work directly with financial professionals to help them with their business. And what they can do is create a comprehensive communication strategy that creates visibility and awareness for the resources that are available. I don't know about you all. I'm, I'm a big believer in that information is only as good as if you're able to communicate it effectively in a meaningful way. And maybe let me share a few things that we have you know, offered here at Nationwide. We have a program that we call PEP. We're big on acronyms here. We have an acronym for pretty much everything. PEP stands for our Participant Engagement Program. um, And it's a targeted education campaign that provides um, nudging to employees to help them take that next best step that I spoke about. The next is our Retirement Resource Group, as we call RRG. And they are an extension of of our field team. I mentioned at the beginning that I started out as a retirement specialist working directly with participant. This team is our team that is an extension of that team that provides enrollment, asset allocation, investment education, and most importantly, comprehensive financial planning at no charge to that participant or plan sponsor. And we work with participants who are just starting out to those who are getting ready to retire and in retirement. Also this group we have called the Nationwide Retirement Institute, which is comprised of a team of attorneys and subject matter experts that are able to break down very complex topics like social security, uh, which has many, many, many things to consider. They can help break it down to very simple things that are digestible for that participant and that employer. And lastly, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our call center, which is an award-winning call center and has received the Dalbar Plan Sponsor Service Award since 2014. That's nine years and counting. So we're really proud of that. And they provide assistance to participants over the phone.
0: So all that being said, there is certainly a great deal of flexibility in retirement plans. So regarding employee retention, what do you think are the best types of retirement plans for employee retention?
3: Yeah, that's a great question and a complex one. You know, what I would say here is to your point, there are many types of different retirement plans. The important thing when you're thinking about designing one that works best for you as an employer is really outlining what your objectives are, as well as thinking about the needs of your employee base. And you should lean very heavily on your benefits brokers, consultants, advisors, us, to help you evaluate pricing features, investment options, service expectations. All of these things are incredibly important. Um, But at the end of the day, the employer should have also a very high expectation of what that plan provider is able to deliver in meaningful, measurable participant outcomes, And I'll say that again, measurable, because I think measurement's incredibly important if you think about how do we improve that overall retirement plan. Here at Nationwide, uh, we believe deeply that our mission is to protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. What it means to us, it boils down to helping employees achieve meaningful outcomes that enables them to live comfortably in retirement. If you can get a plan that does all of those things, That's what it means to have a successful or good plan.
0: It is now time for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So Adam, who are we toasting to this week?
2: So, I'd like to propose a toast to all of the brokers and consultants that are out in the market today. You know, it's not an easy time to be a broker or a consultant. We've we've talked a, a couple different times about just the overall cost not just in in terms of premiums but employee deductibles those are going up and and so it's a really difficult job to be able to sit in front of an employer and go through all of the different options that are available to that employer to help that employer make you know a financially sound decision in terms of what benefits to offer while also making sure they're providing real value for their employees again their their people are their most important asset so walking that balance being able to provide you know, the right solutions for each client and each client's going to have different needs. So, you know, just everything that brokers and consultants are dealing with today, you know, we we value, you know, what they have to go through. And, And I think I probably speak for the team at Nationwide when I say AcuRisk is trying to deliver a series of solutions that might make their job just a little bit easier. Cheers!
0: Thank you for joining us for NAPIP's Healthcare Happy Hour the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts, or to become a member, visit nabip.org.